On this episode of Common Mystics, we are keeping the spooky season alive by exploring a notoriously haunted stretch of road on Chicago's southwest side. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are Common Mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places. And today we explore Archer Avenue. Now, Jen. Yes. Please give us a short little intro to Archer Avenue. What can you tell us and why were you there? Okay, so I think we need to back up. This whole topic came about because we wanted to do a spook off. True. And so we had this brainchild that I would take a friend and do something spooky in Chicagoland, and you would take a friend or two or five and do something spooky in Michigan. And so we did that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what Michelle and I did is we explored a notoriously haunted stretch of a road in Chicago, which, as I have already said, is called Archer Avenue. I love it. And this episode right here is really just to give our listeners a taste because Michelle and I actually had some experiences on Archer Avenue and we will share those on our Patreon page. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to dive in. We, we've we talked about Archer Avenue in the past during the spooky season previously, but please refresh our memory. Tell me about Archer Avenue. Give me a little bit of an overview and tell me why you decided to go there. So Michelle and I yes, both currently live near the city of Joliet. And you recruited your friend Michelle to participate in the spook off. Correct, because I needed a partner in crime, so to speak, to look for ghosts and to try to do something spookier than you and your friends in Michigan. And I have to say, you guys, just a side note, it's not fair because Jennifer knew what I was doing. She was so tight-lipped about what she was doing. Because I didn't know what I was doing. And here's why. Here's why. <laughs> so Michelle grew up on the Southwest side. Now, you and I, uh, we did not grow up on the Southwest side. We were near West suburbs. So we didn't like hang around in the same locations to, to get in trouble. You know what I mean? Like there oh, are yeah. plenty of plenty of creepy ass cemeteries in our hometown to keep us busy. Like we yeah, didn't need we to, didn't go have to go far. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, we could like walk from our house to a creepy ass cemetery. Right. Mm-hmm. But Michelle grew up on the Southwest side. And so when I told her that we were in competition to do something crazy scary, she was all over it. And she's like, I know exactly where we're going to go. And because she grew up in this area, she knew a lot of the legends and the stories surrounding the these different haunts on Archer Avenue. But uh, we'll we'll get into that piece um, on our Patreon page next week for all of you subscribers. But for now... Hold on. Wait a second. So what you're describing for me, and I just want to put a button on it. So your friend, Michelle, knows all about the spookiness on Archer Avenue in the Chicagoland area. But you did not. So she was just driving you blind on Archer Avenue. Yes. It was actually really fun. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to get into it. Tell me about Archer Avenue and why it's haunted as fuck. Okay, all right. We'll start there. So for you people out there who might not be Chicagoans, 
Archer Avenue runs southwest and northeast to and from Chicago and the southwest suburbs. And the stretches of road are known by some different names, but it serves as part of Illinois Route 83 and Route 171. As it goes northwest to southeast, it's called a lot of different things as it snakes through these different suburbs and takes on different parts of different bigger routes. Does that make sense, Jill? That totally makes sense. I just want to say for people that aren't from the Chicagoland area, when you think Chicago, I'm assuming you have huge buildings in your head, a metropolis area. This is not a metropolis kind of stretch of road, most of it. It it winds through country roads, and some of it isn't even lit by like streetlights. So just keep True. that in mind as Jennifer's describing th- this particular stretch of Archer Avenue, 131, or totally. 171, 83. 171, 83. Yes, exactly right. That's a really good point. Archer starts in Chicago, in within the city limits, in the Chinatown neighborhood, and it passes through some other southwest neighborhoods of the city, including Bridgeport, McKinley Park, and Brighton Park, and then runs southwest through the suburbs of Summit, Justice, Willow Springs, Lamont, and then ends in the suburb of Lockport. However, like I said, part of Archer Avenue, that stretch of road, keeps going, and it extends into the city of Joliet as Illinois Route 171. Now, this road, of course, has some crazy historical significance. Tell me. I love the history. Tell me everything. I know, me too. So like every major route in the United States, it was originally a Native American trail. But it is an exceptionally old path. That goes back thousands of years, and also some sources believe that it is actually a ley line. I've lived in the <laughs> Chicagoland area the majority of my life. Actually, that's not true anymore. I'm old. Anyway, you're so but I grew old. up there. I'm yes. super duper old, <laughs> but I've never heard that before at all. Like, I've never knew that it was ancient. Yeah, that's insane. And are you familiar with the concept of ley lines? I am, but for our listeners, tell me. Okay. So basically, a ley line is a line that you can draw between historic structures, prehistoric sites, and prominent landmarks. And the idea is that these lines have earth energies that were actually recognized by the ancient peoples, right? Right. The The idea being that this is an important route with energy that ancient people for thousands of years recognized the importance of. And utilized. Yes. Now, I will say, just side note, archaeologists think this is all hogwash. Like, real scientists are like, yeah, y'all are crazy. About ley lines. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. But the concept still exists that many people do believe that Archer Avenue is such a ley line with energy. But I'll keep going. In terms of the history, Archer Avenue follows an ancient portage path that connected the Great Lakes water system with the Mississippi River water system. And so peoples who were traveling across the Midwest in their canoes, 
they would be on the lake, you know, on Lake Michigan, and then they would take the Chicago River, well, what we now call the Chicago River, right? And that system as far west as they could, but it only went so far. Then they'd have to portage. They'd have to get up, carry their freaking canoes on their back and all their other shit, and then walk to until they found a river that would eventually take them to the Mississippi River. And so this whole area was a portage area, and that's why it was so important. Wow. Is your mind blown yet? You know, I'm just so grateful that I have a car. (laughs) Like, my lazy ass would be like, no, I'm good. You go, you go, you go. Tell me about it. Right. Now, in 1673, there was a very notable event that happened that summer in 1673, And that was that there were certain French explorers in the area. Their names were Louis Joliet and Father Jacques Marquette. And they were led through the portage by people of the Kaskaskia tribe. And it was the, they were the very first Europeans to the area. And Father Marquette actually wrote like rave reviews about the area. He just loved the Joliet area. He was all over it. He's like, this is a pivotal place. And honestly, it's really because of that exploration in his writings that Chicago even is a thing, like why it was developed, because he recognized the importance of East-West transportation. Well, Jack needs to update his Yelp review because things have changed quite a bit. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. So over the years since 1693, as commerce grew, as transportation grew, so did the path. And local entrepreneurs took advantage of the traffic that travelers created using that portage. We always say it's location, location, location. And wagon roads were constructed, and there were taverns and inns and other sort of establishments that popped up along this path. Mm-hmm. Another reason for the growth along this path was because of the Illinois and Michigan Canal, which was a transportation hub between 1848 and 1933. But in the early 1800s, a lot of immigrants came here to build the canal. In addition, a railroad was created back in 1855. So again, you have more people coming through the area, the canal, the railroad, and the foot traffic. Mm-hmm, all the foot traffic, exactly. And this road actually became part of the very first numbered highway that would run between Chicago and St. Louis. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so it was like the OG. Mm-hmm. Here's another tidbit that I don't think you knew. Try me. So the former University of Chicago Metallurgical Laboratory was once located right off Archer Avenue in Lamont. I did not know this. This was once a site for the Manhattan Project, which was an effort to produce the first weapons of mass destruction during World War II. And the world's first nuclear reactor, I'm going to say that again, the world's very first nuclear reactor was moved to this site in 1943, and the, its remains are still buried there. 
wow, I want to be like, boom, bitches, but it doesn't feel right, you know? (laughs) That doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. But if you just think about all of the emotion and work and energy surrounding weapons of mass destruction. What's interesting about this area, and I can see it in my mind's eye right now, there's a lot of steel, there's a lot of land, there's a lot of bridges, there's a lot of crossroads. You know what I'm talking about? When you're on 171 and you're getting towards where it comes 83 it's just a lot of open land i can totally see that and i always wondered like why is this land just here it's because Mm -hmm. they buried the first nuclear reactor there and you can't build on that no you can't build on that and there are actually several buried there but among the several are the very first ever in the world yeah buried there and you're right. It's such a weird stretch of road. It's, it's a lot of it is a mix of industrial and beautiful like forests. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. So but, hold on. I do want to say it really, it, when you're driving down this road, it does feel very mid century. It does. It almost feels like you're transported to be completely yes. honest with you. And I don't yes. want to be all cheesy and be all like portalicious, but it definitely has that feel. Yeah, it really does. Even like I said, with like the steel and the way that they utilize the steel with the bridges, it just really does feel very mid-century because it's like a two-lane highway, right? There's no, there aren't really no street lamps and it's winding country roads in the middle of Chicagoland, which is really unique. And now I know why, because you can't build on that. You can't build on that. Right. Okay, so do you want to hear about some of the purported hauntings along this stretch of road? That's why I'm sitting in this chair. I'm waiting for this. Because I am freaking busting at the seams. I am so excited to tell you. Bring it. Okay. The first one I want to tell you about is one that I've never, ever heard of. I mean, I haven't heard of most of these, but have you heard of the ghost tracks? Never in my life. Okay, so it refers to railroad tracks. Oh. As we said, there's a railroad close by on Archer Avenue. And according to an urban legend, there was a school bus full of children that stalled on the train tracks and was hit by a train, killing all of the occupants. That's terribly sad. So since that unfortunate day, it is believed that the spirits of the children who died are trapped in the area. And when a motorist stops their vehicle on the haunted tracks and shifts into neutral, some people report that it feels like hands are pushing against their car and can move it off the tracks. Different witnesses have reported this phenomenon. They'll go to the ghost tracks, put their car in neutral, and unseen hands push their cars off the tracks. This eerie occurrence is attributed to the ghostly children who are trying to save the unsuspecting motorists from the horrifying fate that they themselves could not escape. What good kids. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's really sweet. Question, did we do any research to see within the old archives whether or not there was an incident? Of course. Oh, and what did we find? I could not find any evidence of that kind of accident happening in the area. Okay. 
there are a couple of accidents, but nowhere near there and nothing that would be related at all to this urban legend. But the fact that people say that this phenomenon happens, I think is interesting. Well, not only that they say it happens, but it ha- where it happens is what I find very interesting right. because that's not right. the only urban legend to develop around this road. That's exactly right. I think it makes sense to go to our girl. Well, I wanted to tell you about a different girl. Who? Well, you don't know about this because I haven't told you yet. <gasps> what? There's another legend, and it is the legend of the Weeping Lady of Archer Woods. Have you heard of the Weeping Lady of Archer Woods? Okay. Have you? I feel like I might have. All right. Well, let me tell you. I'll tell you more, and then Where? you tell me if you've heard of wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. Question. Where are the Archer Woods? There are so many forest preserves around there. Where are we? Well, it's a cemetery. The Archer Woods Cemetery is in Hickory Hills, and it's located near 81st Street and Keene Avenue. You're Googling it right now? Yeah, go. Keep going. Okay. (laughs) So um, now Archer Woods is just south of Archer Avenue in Hickory Hills, like I said. Just a few days ago, there was an article in The Patch with pictures showing ghostly images that people took on a ghost tour in the Archer Woods Cemetery. And people who go there and take pictures will often get the figure, a shadowy figure of a woman bent over at the waist, like she's crying so hard she can't even stay stand up straight. So she's bent over at the waist. This is a common thing. It's usually by the gate of the cemetery. And year after year, they keep doing these ghost tours. And year after year, people snap photos of the wailing woman. And not only is her form captured on their cameras, but also people can hear her weeping. That is insane. And no, I, I've i not been to that cemetery. I think we need to go. Yeah, it's weird. It's like 15 minutes away from mom's house. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, we're definitely going. I know. So crazy. It's so close. How did we miss this? Aside from the Archer Wood Cemetery and its weeping lady ghost, there is another haunted cemetery on Archer. I mean, there are so many. There are several. But but this one is called St. James Sag Church Cemetery. Mom and I went there together. Interesting. Did you have an experience? It was during the day. We didn't have an experience. We were enjoying... The thing is about the cemetery is that it's spectacularly beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's just such a lovely, lovely place to be. And Mm -hmm. it feels so old. It almost feels like you can be in England. Mm -hmm. The St. James Sag Church is actually the oldest working Roman Catholic church in Northern Illinois. Stop it. It is located in Lamont, just off Archer Avenue. And you kind of describe the beauty of the place. It's not just a church. It's really a complex. Mm -hmm. You have to turn in through these big gates. And there are multiple buildings on the property. And then the church itself is just a lovely old church erected in 1833. And surrounding the church itself is a cemetery that dates back almost to that time as well. 
The church itself was built by Irish immigrants who built the I&M Canal Trail. Remember I was talking Stop about the it. I&M Canal and they all these people coming to the area? They built their own church. They were like, if we're going <laughs> to yeah. be here, we need to worship. Let's get on a church. Right. And there were a series of unfortunate events that actually plagued the parish. And that some believe these events have led to some of the hauntings. Tell me. So, for example, in 1898, the place was destroyed by a tornado. No. And then later on, in 1917, it was victim to arson. Who would do that? What a dick. Seriously? But every time one of these disasters occurred, the church's congregation rebuilt, redid it, renewed it. And it, like I said, it's still working today. It's lovely. There are spectral figures reported to haunt the site. The most prominent one is a monk who has ties to the original church. And witnesses describe him meandering through the cemetery, appearing in the church itself. And some accounts state that he's sometimes seen praying or wailing at a specific grave in the cemetery. Now, these eerie encounters are often accompanied by disembodied voices and objects moving unassisted. Now, when mom and I were there, we did not have an experience other than it just being breathtaking and the ambiance around the property is just incredible. But I do think there was a story about a monk that's tickling my memory. Mm -hmm. That you had heard about the story of the monk, the haunted, yes. the haunted monk. Well, I will say that this is one of the places that Michelle and I went to, and we did have some experiences in the St. James Sag Church Cemetery. But we're going to save that for our patrons at Tier 2. Come on over next week. Michelle and I are going to describe the experiences that we had and even share some evidence that we think we caught. I am not a patron on our Patreon, so <laughs> I... I don't know if I'm going to have access to that, but I cannot wait to hear about it. Maybe she'll share it with me. <laughs> I don't know. You you need to be a patron. Okay. <laughs> Hang in there, guys. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. We are so excited to unveil the first book in our series entitled Common Mystics Present Ghost on the Road, Volume 1, Murders and Mysterious Deaths. It's everything you love about Common Mystics and more. It's a retelling of 10 of our favorite stories from our pod with exciting extras. Extras like souvenirs, what we took away from the experience, and what to know if you go if you decide to travel in our footsteps. Pre-order the Kindle edition now. All other formats of the book will be available for purchase at Amazon.com on July 1st, 2023. Thanks, guys. Now back to the show. So I think it's time to talk about Chicago's most famous ghost. Because up until now, we've been just beating around the bush. I mean, it's like the elephant in the room. Who, Jill? Who is Chicagoland's most famous ghost of all time? Well, her name is Mary. It is. And it's her name is Mary, and she goes by Resurrection Mary nowadays. She was <laughs> she a does. young lady who enjoyed dancing, hanging out at night with her friends. She did. Well, who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Well, Resurrection Mary is Chicago's most famous ghost by far. She has been written about over and over again. I have a t-shirt. 
You have a Resurrection Mary t-shirt? Yeah, it says, I stop for Resurrection Mary. Cute. She is a classic vanishing hitchhiker ghost. Classic urban legend, but this one's ours. Classic urban legend, exactly. So this type of folklore surrounds the idea that there is a ghost who is hitchhiking. Someone stops, picks up the ghost, and then they disappear. It feels like you're cheaping her story. Like, well, she was a whole thing. She was at a dance. Tell me about the <laughs> dance. Start from the beginning. I'm going to start um, from the sightings. Now, since the 1930s, several men driving northeast along Archer Avenue have reported picking up a young female hitchhiker, only to have her disappear. And like you said, she's dressed in a formal white party dress, and she has light blonde hair and blue eyes. And And some other witnesses reported that she was wearing a thin shawl and dancing shoes and carrying a clutch purse. They also say that she is very quiet. Now, I have to tell you, Jill, that according to one full-time ghost hunter, Richard Crow, you might have heard of him, he has collected three dozen substantiated reports of witnesses who picked up Resurrection Mary between the 1930s and present day. Shut up. Now, you were talking about the fact that she's a party girl. Well, I don't mean like she's like, woohoo. I meant that she was dressed up. She went to a party and she was leaving the party. And she was, you know, she was thumbing it home. It was a long walk. She danced our night. She was trying to get home. Here's what the legend says. I I like Jill version, but let's go to the legend. Okay, tell me the legend. Okay, the legend is that Mary had spent an evening dancing with a boyfriend. Oh, I didn't know she had a formal boyfriend. This is the legend. She was dancing with her boyfriend at the O. Henry Ballroom. Now, back in the 1920s, it was the O. Henry Ballroom. That building would then change to become the Willowbrook Ballroom that was there for years and years until 2016. But I digress. So she was at the O. Henry Ballroom room located on Archer Avenue. And at some point, they got into a fight. Mm, what'd he do? Nobody knows what they fought about. But I mean, it could have been anything. If you were at a dance with Chad, what would you two fight about? He would have done something wrong. He would like over tip some cute bartender. <laughs> and I would have been like, oh, my God, you're walking home. I'm taking the carriage. Right. Maybe looked at another girl or bought a girl a drink. Oh, he no, he would not go that far because he no. likes to walk too much. Right. Well, Mary's boyfriend did something that pissed her off. We we can all relate. (laughs) And she stormed out. She stormed out of the ballroom and started walking up Archer Avenue. She hadn't gotten very far, the legend says, when she was struck and killed by a hit-and-run driver. Mm. And Mary died on the road. According to the legend, her parents found her and, of course, were grief-stricken at the sight of her dead body, and they buried her in Resurrection Cemetery wearing a beautiful white dancing dress and matching dancing shoes. And the hit-and-run driver was never found. That is the legend. Do you want to hear about some of the reported sightings? Sure. This apparently happened in the 1920s, and the first reported sighting happened in 1939 by a man who lived on Chicago's South Side named Jerry Paulus. Now, Jerry Paulus said that he met a person that he believed was Resurrection Mary at a place called the Liberty Grove and Hall 
And he said they danced and even kissed. And she asked him afterwards to drive her home. And when he was driving along Archer Avenue, she's like, stop here. And so he stopped the car right in front of the cemetery and he's like, well, where do you live? She gets out of the car and then vanishes at the gates of Resurrection Cemetery. Oh, my God. That is so freaky. 1939. Oh, my God. So there were other sightings in 1976, 1978, 1980, and 1989. And all of those sightings involve a car like striking her. So like (gasps) people are driving on Archer Avenue and they see her like right at the last minute and they hit her and then they get out and there's nobody there. That would be the end of me. (laughs) That would fuck me up for life. Yeah, no. No, I don't know. I I would lose my mind because I would feel so guilt stricken. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. oh my god, I hurt someone, I killed somebody, and then yeah. not to find them, I would be like, blah, 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 blah. yeah, you would have to find me some serious help. Now, wh- this is my favorite report, and this is from January thirty first, nineteen seventy nine, and it was written in an article in the Suburban Trib by columnist Bill Geist. And he detailed the story of a cab driver named Ralph who picked up a young woman described as a looker. I'm going to have to get into character because this quote is fantastic. I love it already. Please continue. Okay. So Ralph was on Archer Avenue and he sees a looker, a blonde. She was young enough to be my daughter, 21 tops. A couple of miles up Archer there, she jumped with a start like a horse and said, here, here. I hit the brakes. I looked around. I didn't see no kind of house. Where, I said. And then she sticks out her arm and she points across to a road to my left and says, there. And that's when it happened. I looked to my left like this. And there's a little shack. And when I turned, she was gone, vanished. And the car door never opened. May the good Lord strike me dead. The car door never opened. I love it. That was phenomenal. I love everything that just happened. I love the energy. I love the South Side Chicagoan accent. Everything just worked. It worked. It worked. And and in his article, Geist makes it a point to say that Ralph isn't an idiot or a maniac. He's a typical 52-year-old working guy, a veteran, a father, a little league baseball coach, a churchgoer. And he had this experience with Resurrection Mary. How do you like that? I love it just because I love it. You know, it's such a great, it's so, it's so iconic. It's so Chicago. It's so Chicago. I love, love, love it. It's so Chicago. So of course, over the years, people have tried to tie the Resurrection Mary legend to an actual woman who died. Well, sure. And the accepted theory uh, came out in 1999 by famous Chicago author Ursula Bielski, who does a lot of writing about ghosts. She is part of like the Chicago Paranormal Society. Yes. And she gives ghost tours around the Chicagoland area. I don't think she gives them herself anymore. I think she just owns the company now and her minions give tours. That's how you do it, Ursula. You get it. We can learn a thing or two from Ursula. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ursula documented a connection to a woman named Anna Maria Norcus who died in a 1929 auto accident while on her way home from the O. Henry Ballroom. Again, the O. Henry Ballroom that would later become the Willowbrook Ballroom. Have you been? I know you said that the Willowbrook Ballroom has since been demolished, but have you been? I was just at the property with Michelle, and that takes me to... The last location on Archer that I want to tell you about. Tell me. So 
the Willowbrook Ballroom, like I said, was formerly O'Henry's. And O'Henry's was located on one side of the street. And on the other side was the O'Henry Roadhouse building. Now, the ballroom is now gone. It burnt down in 2016. Mm -hmm. It was a fire. Yeah. And now that side of the street is, I want to say, townhomes or condos, some kind of development there. But on the other side of the street, where the O. Henry Roadhouse building was, Mm -hmm. it's still the original building. And it's called today the Irish Legend Pub and Restaurant. I've been there. Me too. This is another place that Michelle and I went to that night. And again, we had experiences there. And I think we have photographic evidence So I'm so excited to share with our patrons. Stop your face right now. I'm serious. I'm serious. But let Uh -uh. me tell you a little bit about the Irish legend pub and restaurant, which was formerly O. Henry's. Are you ready? Tell me. Yeah. Tell me everything right now. Okay. So the current Irish legend pub and restaurant has the aura of the 1920s. It has the woodwork. It has the 1920s style bar. It has a pub area and a restaurant area with the original fireplace, original doors and woodwork. And then there's an outside eating area and an entertainment area as well. And on the second floor, there are offices. And then on the third floor is the attic where they currently have storage. Now, I've already told you that the Irish legend pub and restaurant used to be the old O. Henry Roadhouse building. Correct. But I want to tell you a little bit about the land itself that it's located on. Okay. Because it's significant to the area. Tell me. So, of course, it's on Archer. So you know that it's located in this portage area on an upland moraine that was formed by Ice Age glaciers. What? Did not know that. You didn't? No. You're just like, what? And so that particular piece of property was known for centuries for its beauty. It has beautiful ravines and Native Americans coincidentally, used to bury their dead there. What are you saying? Uh Uh-huh. No one told me that. People in Chicago identified this as such a beautiful spot that it became a picnic area known as Spatis Grove. And people would flock here and picnic because of the beauty of the area as early as the 1850s. Wow. In 1883, the railroad came through. Mm. The canal brought even more people in. And then around the early 1900s, there was a time when this area in Willow Springs was drawing activities like gambling and prostitution. And that's because while Chicago had a police force, Willow Springs did not. They had to rely on the county sheriff. And the county sheriff was so busy with what was happening in Chicago that people who were into criminal activities were drawn to this area in Willow Springs. Because Willow Springs is still a part of Cook County. So you can imagine the sheriff of Cook County and his deputies being busy around Chicagoland during that time. Right. And so beginning in the 1920s, gangsters took control of the gambling halls, the saloons, the speakeasies, and the roadhouse. The Henry Roadhouse was a speakeasy that was actually built with mob money. It just makes me happy. And, of course, was tied to Al Capone. And it is said that Al Capone and his cohorts love to hang out at the roadhouse. 
That's why I went to the roadhouse with one of our sisters. Mm-hmm. Because it was reported that Al Capone's office w- was where the ladies' bathroom is now. Oh. And you can still see bullet holes in the door where someone tried to kill Al Capone. Interesting. That's the legend. Well, another notable area of the building is the basement because it is thought that people were tortured and murdered in the basement. And the basement also has a very interesting architectural detail, let's say. There are three, or I should say, there were three tunnels in the basement. Oh, my God. Now, the O'Henry's was originally built when? Around 1915. So why would there be tunnels? So there were three tunnels. Now, they're still there, but they're all cemented in these days. If you go to the Iris Legend, you can go to the basement. I mean, you can't, You have to book a tour, but you can go into the basement and see where the tunnels are all cemented in. I'm doing it next time I'm in Chicago. But when did Prohibition start? 1920. Yeah, this is the they made tunnels in the with this building five years before prohibition. Yes, because the gangsters were still around. There was still illegal activity happening. It was mob I money that built. See. It was mob money that built this building. And so Got they it. built it with with tunnels. So if you're a mobster, you always just want to do like a couple tunnels just in case. Just in case. And okay, so gotcha. one tunnel led to a mausoleum. Girl. Led to no. a mausoleum. One led to the woods behind the building. Again, hard pass. Give me door number three. And then the other one led under the the road to the dance hall, O'Henry's Park, right across the street. Oh, that's definitely is what the one I would do. Right. Dance hall. So there's that. Also, it's notable that the basement had a dirt floor. Other architectural features include secret stairways in the building, a false wall and hidden room, and a false ceiling and hidden stairway. Well, that's just cool. I know. Do you love it? That's amazing. Did you get to see any of these? Like, did, where did you go in the building? What did you do there? Well, I don't want to give. I don't want to give too much away, but. Tell me something. (laughs) Michelle and I did have the opportunity to go up to the attic. (gasps) Yes, we did. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. I don't like Mm -hmm. it already. I don't like it. And the attic was apparently the place where the prostitutes were. Mm -mm -mm. And there is a story, a legend, about one of the prostitutes who worked in the building in the 1920s. And the hapless bartender who fell in love with her. And it goes like this. There was a bartender during the 1920s who fell in love with one of the working girls. And because of this, a gangster broke the bartender's neck, killing him right as the bartender came down the basement stairs to get supplies. That is so heartbreaking. Who cares if he had a crush on the prostitute? Well, they were together. It wasn't just a crush. Don't make it all innocent. Like, they were together. And I also think that the gangster was kind of into her, too, probably. Mm. Or it was just bad for business, like Moulin Rouge style. But honestly, I think that the gangster was, like, into her. Like, you don't you don't get with the girls. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, I can totally see Moulin Rouge style. Like, you know what? I love you. You don't have to keep doing this. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and then, that's not only that, the gangster then beat... The woman. He beat oh the my woman. God. What a dick. He beat her to death. 
Oh, my God. It's thought that both of them are buried in the dirt floor of the basement. That hurts my heart. People visiting the Irish legend pub and restaurant Mm -hmm. have sensed restless spirits and the face, the bloody face of the prostitute, the woman who was apparently murdered, has sometimes been seen in the mirror of the bathrooms. I have not seen the bloody face of any woman in the bathroom of that place, but what were you sensing while you were there? Can you give me a little something to keep me going? Just a little bit? Sure. While we were driving to, and remember, I had no idea where we were going. Mm -hmm. While we were in the car, I was picking up on a woman in a red dress who was beaten. Like, and I could see her mascara. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I was seeing, and the red dress always means to me that she's either a working woman or she's like, Mm -hmm. you know. You're being delicate. You know, into partying, into like that lifestyle. And. Which again, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. But that's the way spirit shows it to me. She was Uh wearing a red dress, but also she had been messed up. And when I saw that, um, that's when Michelle is like, I know exactly what you're picking up on. We went to the Irish legend and. As we were sitting at the table, I could see her. I could (gasps) see her. Yes, in my mind's eye, I saw exactly where she was standing. And she was standing in the doorway that leads to the stairs that go upstairs. Stop it. Yeah. So I can tell you more that we had more experiences there. But she definitely, she is real because she definitely showed up to me. But I'm not the only one because you're going to love this. When the owner was doing some renovations on the place, a female entity appeared to him and said that she liked the improvements and she liked what he was doing to the building. (laughs) I love that so much. That makes me so happy. That's something I would do. I'd be like, good job. And there's another spirit there too. Other people have felt like a rude male presence. Specifically, he'll pass through people and he's described as a gangster type. Mm. And in the basement, there's sometimes a shadowy man with an overcoat that can be seen going up and down the stairs. Yeah. So we definitely had experiences at the Irish legend and at the St. James Church Cemetery. And I am so excited for people to meet us at Detours next week with Michelle. We will tell you all about what we did and the experiences we had and the evidence that we caught. So excited. And Jill, can we just say thank you to our patrons? I love our patrons. We have the best groups. We do. We have the best patrons. We have the best groups. And we love all our listeners. I'll say it. We love all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us. You keep us going. Your comments, your love. Thank you. Thank you. It means so much to us. But our patrons make this project sustainable. If not for our patrons, I don't think we'd still be doing Common Mystics. That's actually a very true statement. Because it's a lot of work and like literally we like are working three jobs. It's really cute. I'm going to say this again. We get emails and people are like, Jennifer and Jill and the team. It's like, it's Jennifer and Jill. It's Jennifer and Jill. (laughs) We're doing everything. (laughs) We are a small business and we depend on the income from our patrons So thank you, thank you, thank you. Not only with our patrons, but with the readings. People, we don't really advertise that we do readings, but a lot of people reach out and we do do 
I do a significant amount of readings and I love getting to meet the listeners and hearing their feedback and I'm honored to connect with their families. It's just, it does. It feels like I know that this is a project of love, like for you and I, because we were doing this, but really Mm -hmm. it's, I like doing it because people are finding us and liking us and their, their feedback just keeps me going. So thank you guys for, for everything. Yeah. Thank you for sustaining us. So if you are not a patron, please consider, please consider supporting our small business and, you know, just come on over. Tier one is $3 a month just to support us. We love you. Thank you, tier one. Tier two is $5 a month and you get the detours, the detours episodes for every episode that drops. Tier three, go ahead. Why? I'm looking at your face. I don't know what you want to say. I just am laughing because I feel like a PBS telethon. Like I wanted to be like, and this program is brought to you by listeners like I know. you. Please <laughs> subscribe. I know that's and how I feel. Now, you'll get a tote bag. <laughs> we don't have a tote bag, but you'll get our a tote love. bag. Tier three, Jill, we have um, the detours plus the monthly episodes that are more instructional based. True. Recently. And then tier four, of course, you get all of the above plus monthly Zooms where you connect with us and we do live activities and have discussions. And really, we just have a fantastic group. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please consider supporting us. We love you. Meet us at Detours. What else? Well, guys, please. I feel like we're asking a lot all of a sudden, <laughs> but please like, <laughs> download, share, tell com- tell your friends and family about Common Mystics, and don't forget the holidays are coming up, so please purchase our book, our first book in the series, Common Mystics Present, Ghost on the Road, Volume 1, Murders and Mysterious Deaths. And don't forget, our friend Nicole Bigley has her book coming out on 11-11-23, so look for that looking for angels. Oh my gosh, so much happening. Love you all. Thank you for listening and good night. Truly love you guys. Keep spooky season alive. Bye. Bye.